Welcome to Sober Heroes. So we have another episode today where we are still talking about the wonderful world of male sobriety and just trying to highlight more around male's mental health, um, various things around that. And this week's guest is James, uh, aka the Sober Hairdresser on Instagram, who I've known for seven, six, five and a half months, I guess now. Thanks for having me, Sean. How's things, mate? You good? Yeah, I'm all good. Um, yeah, I won't actually go into it, otherwise we'll just have another <laughs> conversation again. Um, but yeah, no, all good. Um, like I've followed your journey from week eight, I think it was, potentially. Or was it sooner? Uh, week four? It was a little bit, little bit sooner before that, I think. Uh, we did the Insta Live when I was on week eight. Um, but we were um, talking a bit before that. But yeah, yeah. We were t- I, think, I think I was probably about a month clean when we first got in touch. Um, and, and, now, think, you know, and, and now you're how many? Six months. I was six months uh, this week. So yeah, yesterday actually. Six months. So thank you. Well it's done. mad. It's mad. It's been like such a mad feeling. Like just like kind of stepping outside of myself and like seeing just the growth really. Like it's crazy. Like in six, six months doesn't feel like, doesn't seem like a long time, but it is a huge amount of time to to start piecing together your life again and it's it's insane man i've never felt better don't get me wrong i still have my ups and downs but that's just life but nine times out of ten like yeah i'm happy i can't remember the last time i had an argument with someone that's mad like i used to get into arguments like daily like with people big rows and yeah I'll I've tell you what, anyone for a long time try and do a podcast that's called sober heroes with someone who's not sober <clears throat> That would create an argument. <laughs> anyway, that's enough, that's enough about no, no, no. This is this time's not for me. It's for my guests. Um, so, yeah, just let, let's get a bit of background again because this is for more of a newer audience in terms of the podcast itself. So there'll be other people that I put into groups in Facebook around addiction and recovery, um, and anyone who's on my personal Facebook that might actually listen to these, which I'm guessing might only be my mum. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, do you know what I've, they, I've made I'm, I'm getting a lot of, I've been sharing them to a lot of my friends obviously for my own uh, one that I've done but then I've also listened to other ones in the series they're getting some great feedback so uh, yeah oh, nice. uh, a little bit a little bit about me um, okay so I'm originally from Coventry uh, I'm now I'm 31 32 next year so I didn't have <clears throat> didn't come from like a bad background or anything you know, uh, my dad was never around when I was younger, which I think. In later life, um, but I think that played a massive part in. Probably a lot of my behaviours as a kid and stuff. Um, you know, tr- looking for more attention, being a bit more, a bit more of a lad. And just kind of, I think it probably, a parent not being there affects you a lot more than what you, what you probably, what you probably think it does. I mean, obviously typical going, you know, it's very, very, uh, people, people talk about it a lot of men bottling things up. And I think as a young boy growing up, I didn't really have any male, male role models in my life apart from like, you know, one of my best friends, dads, he was a really, really good influence on my life and probably like the closest thing I had to a dad really, but. Yeah, bottling it up. I think as I got older, then you start doing the drinking, the drugs, and 
never really doubt. I've never f- had great self-confidence, even though I could always be the loudest in the room. Um, yeah, that's that's the um, difference, because I, I was similar to you. So once I had a drink and a drug, I was the loudest in the room. But is, I think it's a difference between being confident in yourself, but then there's being cocky. And I think alcohol yeah. Yeah, and yeah, drugs yeah, yeah. Made, made me <clears throat> cocky. Well, it, 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 your ego runs wild, doesn't it? Um, and I think that, you know, I spoke about it in the last last chat we had. Um, addi- addiction is ego. You know, you're, you you thrive off it. For me, I've, I've thrived off, you know, being able to sniff more drugs and drink more beer than anyone else. I like to be the fucking lad and be a geezer. And, we never yeah. got any medals for it either, did we, hey? <laughs> no, and it, it, it's, it's crazy because I see... I, you know, I see people doing like the behavior, like copying my behavior. Now I'm sober, and I just think, God, like, what well, was I like that? But I was probably 20 times worse. Like, I used to go out on nights out and stuff, and God, I used to get into all kinds of scrapes. Like, I remember, <laughs> I remember going out on. I've been out on an all day, which is a common occurrence, and like. I'd been out with one of my mates. Um, I'll say his name because he'll probably listen to this, so he'll get buzzing about it. But I was, we went out on a, an all day with one of my mates called Charles, um, and we got into a, a little argument in a kebab shop after like a fucking 15 hour bit drinking session. And the next thing you know, we're scrapping with about seven lads. Now, if you met me date, like now, I'm really quiet like at times. I could, I'm quite lively, but I'm quiet on the whole. But God, if I had a drink inside me, it just turned me into this like Tasmanian devil, like scrappy do. Do you know what I mean? Like we, we've all ended up in fights in the kebab shop. It's, yeah. it's just it's one of those places. But yeah, but so obviously going back to yeah, about my story. So yeah, growing up, didn't have a bad childhood. Uh, my mum did everything she could to for me, um, and so did my nan, who I'm very very close with. But. I always wanted a bit more attention and I was always, I was always a bit bored. Do you know what I mean? I always wanted to push the boundaries and alcohol looking at it now has always had a bit of a common theme within my family of being drinkers and stuff. So I got, got into my career hairdressing and from, from the age of like 16. So I started working in the salon when I was 14, but from the age of 16, when I started my apprenticeship, I was just around drugs and drink. Like that's all people would talk about at work, you know, being exposed to that. And then you go and you start going raving as you're growing up a bit older. And, you know, it's mad because for, for the best part, for the early part of my twenties and my late teens, it was fun. Do you know what I mean? It was, it was a great, it was, it was a great weekend out going out to raves and listening to music and it was enjoyable. But then things rapidly deteriorated the more shit I went through in my life. And also once the booze and the drugs get ya, they get ya. You could, you could, you could not, you don't see it coming and it could take one little thing to trigger it off. And then the next thing, you know, you've, you're ruining your whole life and your whole career and the stress and stuff that I look back and realize now I'm clean that I put my family and well, my close friends and that was just mental, man. Like going missing for like three or four days at a time coming home where have you been or been out having a good time get off my fucking back that was usually my answer you know and you you know like it's mad that you think that it's mad to realize that the stress and the upset that you put you you the people you're supposedly love under you know i was with one of my close friends well not one of my close friends one of my best friends a couple of weeks ago and 
he was saying, you know, I've got, I've got my like, my best mate back, and it's nice to hear things like that, you know. Um, and they, you know, they also you get to see on the outside of all the things you've been missing. You know, people can actually depend on me for stuff now. They don't think I'm not going to turn up or I'm not going to. I'm not going to be in the best state, you know. I'm not going to have turned up if I've not slept all night. And you know, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? How how we get like that? But I'm I'm exactly the same as you. Like I never turned up, and when I did turn up, I was fucked. I can't remember yeah. like ever meeting a group of friends when I wasn't either fucked or I was already starting to get fucked. <laughs> well, this this is it. I think for I think you know for the last three 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 years at least, like it was. Go out the house, keys, wallet, phone, coke. Do you know what I mean? I wouldn't be going out. I wouldn't go and meet someone for a drink, no matter when it was. And if I didn't have, if I weren't going to fucking score, do you know what I mean? It was bad. It got really, really bad, you know? And the thing that still pisses me off now is that when people like, because obviously you've, you've got me on socials and that. And I post, I do post about my story quite a lot just to, a, I find it putting it out there makes me accountable. It means everyone knows I'm sober, so I've got to then in turn stay sober because there's no being an, being an addict. You want to automatically lie about stuff, not automatically, but you want to try and. And just to say, your definition of sober is no alcohol whatsoever. Yeah, none. Cool. So haven't touched a drop. Um, of anything, I don't even give it a paracetamol since the 15th of March. So, but yeah, um, I think what annoys me the most though is I post about it to try and inspire others as well because I know there's loads and loads of people out there that I know very close and I know very well, or people that follow me on one of my social pages that will be going through exactly the same shit as me and won't feel like they can break the chain. You can break the chain, it just depends on how badly you want it and how much you want that better quality of life because life does get a lot better, but I'm going off track here. But what annoys me the most is when people go, Oh, you're preaching, just keep, keep boy going on again. It's like, okay, why don't you go and speak to my mom and my nan and ask them if I'm going on, if I'm preaching and that when they haven't seen me for four days or the, the amount, you know, the times I've had to pick me up from the hospital or, when I've gone home and I've been, you know, I've gone home in handcuffs or something. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm getting carried up the up the driveway by a bloody taxi driver because I can't fucking stand up, you know. So that's what does me in the most, really. I think at the minute, probably going a bit off track here. But... Well, no, no, it's, it's it's a good point. And to be honest, I like going off track because it brings up new topics. Um, but what you're saying is basically you try and put your message of your recovery out but you're not always getting the responses that you think you should yeah. get. Yeah, because I think, and it's because as well, like, if you, if you don't like it, then follow. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? If, if you, at the end of the day, if, as long as, I do get a lot of messages off people saying, oh, you've really inspired me to sort of, you know, make a change in that, and that's great. You know, I don't want it for an ego massage, but at the end of the day, if you can, if you, if you can see that I can go from fucking... I lost everything at one point in my life. There's reasons why I, certain aspects of my career ain't, ain't firing on certain cylinders anymore. Well, I don't dwell on that anymore. It is what it is. I'll, I'll have to rebuild. But if I can turn my life around and go from how bad it was, anyone can do it. 
and it, you've just got to want to you've got to want it and that's why I share and post about it just try and help someone because you don't know what someone's going through that could save someone's life seeing a positive quote or seeing a picture or you know and they, they if they resonate with it in a little bit then you know that's job done isn't it you know yeah and, and that's the whole reason why we do the podcasts and why we did the insta lives before is because we know from our own personal experiences how difficult it is especially being a bloke that you just don't feel like you can ever talk to anyone because yeah. no one's an addict like you're just either winning or your shit i guess <laughs> Yeah, 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 no, massively. And I think as well, with, for me, lad culture, I spoke about it before. Like, if I tried to tell, like, they, my mates kind of get it now because it's been six months and, like, they just, they get it. But even so, before, especially, if I tried to tell someone, oh, I've got a drink problem, I've got a problem with drugs, they'd just be like, nah, what are you going on about, mate? This is just, you're just going on the sesh, it's what we do. Fucking get another beer down, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Do you know what I mean? Like, and inside you're thinking, fucking hell, I sit there after I've been out and I want to kill myself, you know, and you're telling me to have another drink because it's all for the lads. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, it's the fucked up world we live in, man. It's mental. And I really feel like there needs to be more, especially less glamorization of it all, you know, and we're on advertising and stuff because it's not a good thing. And it's the only, it's the only drug in the world that people question why you're not doing it yeah you know? like you can give up smoking and people are like well done but if you give up drinking yeah. you're weird <laughs> yeah you, you know it's like what do you think you're doing like rah, rah, rah. but i don't know i think i think it's just i think that it's becoming more acceptable i think the, especially the generation after myself but it's just I don't know, something needs to change. I always say that something needs to change and I think it does, but, you know, and I think it's a shame that it takes, does always take getting to rock bottom to to realise you need to make a change as well, you know. Rock bottom comes in many different ways, but I think when you have your own personal rock bottom, it's like a light bulb goes on in your head and it's like, eureka, do you know what I mean? I went to AA last year and if I'm honest with you, I was prob- I was only going to please other people at the time. I don't think, well, I didn't want to get clean then because I didn't stay clean. Whereas now it's like, it's mad. Like to think that I'm six months sober, like six days was an achievement not too long ago. I think it's it's actually a good point just to raise the fact that I went a whole lifetime of trying to give up every Sunday for like eight years. Like it just becomes habitual where on a Sunday you'd be like, oh, I can't do this again. Or I guess yours might have been the Monday night because of the normal traditional Sunday off and Monday yeah, off. Sun- Sundays are always my day, mate. <laughs> okay, can I Sundays just ask this question? Because people will be listening to this going, what state were people's hair on on a Saturday morning after you'd been out raving? <laughs> yeah, uh, next question. <laughs> <laughs> Just a general tip. Don't go to a hairdresser's on a Saturday and expect a perfect haircut. Go on a Wednesday yeah, you know, or a Thursday. Yeah, do you know what? To be fair, I mean, I, I always, looking back, I probably didn't when I was younger, but at the time I thought I was doing a good job of holding it together if I'd been out when I'd work. But again, that's where it, it, it was creeping in and I thought, fuck, like, you know, the amount of jobs I lost at one point and, you know, 
even when I was, you know, doing the celebrity stuff and that and going out all weekend and I have a big job on like a Tuesday and you haven't slept properly for four days and then you're fucking, you're not firing on on top form, you know? And that's, that, that's the addiction. It's, that's when it had, it had me because at the end of the day, all I wanted to do was just the, the drugs and the drink came before anything else and anyone else, you know? It's it's a bit upsetting talking about it really like this because it just makes me realise how bad it was when I and I can I have to the thing about being sober is you have to fully deal with it. Do you know what I mean? You can't block it out. But yeah, as part of the think, sober journey, isn't it? All these emotions from the past hit you at once because you actually have to sit there with them and just take it. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, and I think. It's funny though because I feel like for me, I think the last six months, obviously not drinking, that's one thing. That's a big thing, not drinking and doing drugs. But it's also like the internal work I've had to do on myself. So like, you know, dealing with how I treat people. Do you know what I mean? Not not being horrible to someone because I'm in a bad mood. So now I'm going to take my mood out on you. Do you know what I mean? Like, because what because I don't know what if that's part of the addiction or whatnot, or maybe that's me being an arsehole. But it's like if I'm having a bad day, you're having a bad day. And I'm going to make, if I'm in a bad mood, you're going to get the brunt of it. Whereas now I look at things and if I'm in a bad mood, I've got my coping mechanisms, which aren't drinking drugs. And it's probably because I ain't got a calm down as well. But I look at things a lot differently and I just breathe and I just think, you know, I don't know what's going on in your life behind closed doors. You could be feeling like shit. The last thing you need is me being a little brat about something, you know? So I think that's a big part in sobriety for me is the internal work that I've had to do on myself, you know? Um, and just approaching things a little bit bit softer at times. It's funny, like, I, I was probably the number one person when I was drinking and drugging that would sort of dish out the, the banter and it, it was sort of that sort of, borderline banter where it's just horrible <laughs> um but when the shoe's yeah. on the other foot i had all this inter like internal chaos going on and that's why i never felt like i could say anything so yeah i was yeah, sort yeah. of um yeah it was my own fault at the end of the day because i sort of created that <laughs> environment yeah. where i couldn't speak openly about stuff and that's the thing i think that's one thing that we that you can do as well especially when you're drinking because obviously you'll do it nine times out of ten if you're if you're caning it, you're caning it for a reason. Usually to block something out. There's not you don't very rarely see someone go, going out on the piss or out on the sesh all the time that's really, really happy with life. You just don't because they don't yeah. need to they don't they don't need it. So if you're going out and you're on the record all the time, nine times out of ten it's because you've got an underlying issue which you don't really might not even know what it is or you haven't addressed and then you're using it to block it out so then you're gonna it's a vicious circle so then you're building up the the anger and the, the not hatred but you get what i'm saying like the it's 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 a bit like my old patterns of i wasn't happy with my job so you spend a week at work sort of stressed you then drink at the weekends but that accumulative thing of being hung over every weekend is the thing that screws up you being able to do anything in your life other than be hung over. So you're yeah, never actually going to go for anything that you dream of or you think society wants you to achieve because you're hung over. Well, you, this is, this is it as well. And it's, I think 
living, work, working and living to your full potential until you stop drinking. For me, I mean, look, again, I don't want, not everyone has drink problems and not everyone has to have 15 pints of beer and shots and whatnot. But for the people that do, I think, I, I, you know, I, I'm a firm believer, give, give, it, give it a go of stop, to stop drinking and see how much more you work to your full potential. Because a lot of people, I think, especially if you've been going out boozing hard for the last 10 or so, 10, 15 years, you ain't going to know what your full potential is anymore because you haven't worked to it. You don't know what your full potential is probably emotionally either of, of what you're capable of providing or, or dealing with, you know? Yeah, I, th- I think alcohol is just so ingrained in how we deal with everything. Um, like, just take your normal work example. You have a bad week at work, you drink, you have a good week and you win some clients or you have something new at work that happens, you go you drink. for drinks. Yeah. So even the work culture, no matter what type of job you do, is always centred around alcohol. Dating, yeah, yeah, massive, dating massive. you go for a drink. Um, <laughs> yeah. And everything. It's, it's hard trying to find things to do. Like, it's mad. It's not mad, but trying to find things to do sober things to do in an alcohol consumed world because everything everything in society is like you, you hit the nail on the head then everything's built around going out drinking um golf <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm left-handed mate i've never oh I'm, no I ain't, got the, I ain't got the coordination to do that <laughs> um, i'm just about to cut hair <laughs> <laughs> you're a very good hairstylist um I'm all right <laughs> So, yeah, I, I see your point. It's that whole thing about when initially you give up booze, you're then having to redesign your life and what you enjoy because you've got more time, you've got more energy, but it just seems quite difficult at the beginning, I'd say, yeah. because your whole life is centred around going to pubs, going to clubs, doing all the things that are centred around alcohol. And that group of friends still meet up around alcohol. So it yeah, ends, and- I, I don't know if you were the same, but I was sort of alienated because I wasn't part of a group that met up over drinking. Um, I've, I've, I've met all my friends, my, all my mates still drink. They, thankfully they haven't, like my close friends haven't like said to me, have a beer, have a beer. Like, so I haven't had that problem. However, I have been meeting up with them in pubs and stuff. Now for me, it's a dangerous game to play. And for me, I have to get out of there when I have to get out of there. I can't, like, as soon as I start getting bored and restless, it's time to go because devil works, makes work for idle hands, you know? Um, but for me, I wish, I do wish sometimes people would be a little bit more uh, considerate because I think, like, you know, I don't drink. Like, can we do something else other than go and sit in a fucking pub? Like, I want to just give, you know, if you want to go and drink after, like, you can drink after you've met me. Like, but at the same time, it's like, you know. It is an easy I'm, option, though, isn't it? Like, if you're then yeah. being sober and you're, you're trying to think of something to suggest, I struggle because I'm looking at things like when I go on for dates, for example, it's really difficult to find anywhere other than a bar. <laughs> yeah, no, like, yeah, no, it is. It is. It's even harder now as well with the, with the COVID because obviously with the restrictions and booking and everything and, you know, everywhere, anywhere that's like quite cool, you know, it's a bit quirky, it's going to get booked up. It's, yeah, it's not easy. 
but then again, I think I think with time and what I'm starting to find now, I'm the further I'm progressing into it all is if I've got more not a, I don't know, I don't want to say I haven't got a backbone before because well, I probably didn't actually, but um I've probably got it like more of like if I don't want to do something, I'm just not gonna do it. I don't just say I'll go along with it just to like keep face like and just keep the peace. Like if I don't want to fucking do it, I ain't doing it. I'd rather stay at home. I, I think that's a massive thing that I've learned is saying doing what no. makes me saying no and doing what makes me happy. If that means me staying in and lying in bed all day, watching my favorite TV on TV show on Netflix and resetting when I need to, then do it. If that means going to climb a mountain um then do it you know which is something we should talk about in a minute actually <laughs> well yeah well yeah to, to talk about it now so you recently climbed up what mountain was it again i've forgotten mount mount snowden so basically this kept that came about uh because i follow a guy on instagram and i've read his book it's a guy called john mcavoy and he was basically um a like, career criminal armed robber. He was facing two life sentences and he turned his life around through the power of sport. Read his book during lockdown, when I was going through my early days of sobriety. So inspiring. And on his Instagram and stuff, it was, he posted a lot about his training and stuff and he's there training out in the Alps and climbing and running up mountains. And he's, his whole kind of ethos is, you know, you, it's, mind over matter you know you're only you're only as powerful as your mind allows you kind of thing uh, and i was watching them climb these mountains i thought that'd be pretty fucking cool wouldn't it so i thought you know what let's 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 arrange to go and climb a mountain or something or do do a little hike and i spoke to one of my friends and he was like you know what if we're gonna do it let's do it don't tell anyone let's just go for it so when I got my hiking boots from Go Outdoors. Um, <laughs> well, there's, there are multiple stores available, by the way. <laughs> yeah, Regatta's quite good as well, I've heard. <laughs> um, and yeah, no, so I'm just trying to secretly break my walking boots in around the Memorial Park in Coventry for about three weeks. If you've been to Coventry, um, it's not really the best place to be wearing big mountain boots because you'd probably get lynched if people wanted to. But... Um, <laughs> But yeah, uh, so yeah, we went and did it. Scary, scary, emotional. Um, and so like, I cried like a baby when I got to the top um, because I just thought, it was coming up to six, six months sober and it was just like five and a half months ago, I would never have done this. So that's the kind of shit that, sobriety gives me it's like opened my eyes up to a whole new world and a whole new load of interests that i would never have done in a million years before because like, i enjoy going walking and being outdoors and stuff like before the only place i'd have been outdoors would have been like a roof terrace or a beer garden yeah. you know what <laughs> i mean so like it's mad and like i think like look life's for living in it you know and i think that's when you do get clean like you know you realize that there's so much more and you know, I've I've had some close friends and family members pass away and stuff, and over the years, and it just you let some, you make make the most of life because you ain't promised tomorrow. You know, you don't know what what's going to happen. You know. Yeah, and that, and that's the whole thing, isn't it? With sobriety, you then start realizing that you're actually more present for doing other things that 
you would never have contemplated in a lifestyle where you're living for the weekend all the time. So you'll just go into the pub all day with your mates because that's what they're doing. Um, when you take yourself out of that, then the things do start appearing to you. You do have to look for them a bit. Um, like yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. reading that book then set off a chain of events that you actually then went and did. In your drinking yeah. days, you might have read a book or you probably would have done. <laughs> Mate, no, but this is the thing. Like, I've so since since I've stopped drinking, obviously, I think lockdown played a part in it. But uh, I've I've read so much. Like, I haven't. Re- I don't even think I read this much when I was in school. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, because I, I it just it it's a, for me. It's a great way to escape if I'm ever a bit bored or whatever. If I'm a bit stressed, and it's also it just opens my mind up to so much more. Like the way that we think, our behaviour, and you know, our mannerisms and, you know, I read, a, I re- try and read a lot about the mind if I can and, you know, behavior and vibrations and spirituality and yeah, it just, there's a lot more to it than just, you know, a lot more to life, sorry, than just, you know, you know, the norm, what people deem as the norm, you know? You know, you know what? It's really interesting because I've just finished reading Joe, Doctor Joe Dispenser, um, yeah, book yeah. about reality. Um, so what you're explaining there is society is normal. So that is very much go to school, potentially go to university, come out of university, get a good job, get money, or have a good job after school, get money, get a job, get married, have children, do all that. But then he talks about actually, well, if you really want to sort of step out of that, you've got to create your own reality and it's about your own belief system. So creating your own beliefs that are special to what you want is how the human just manifests. It's that whole manifest manifestation. Yeah, so mate, powerful. I'm a big, I'm big believer in that laws of attraction, you know, um, visualizing what you want, you know, and it's true because without realizing it you sub if you if you think positively and you have a goal of getting something or working towards something you're not gonna if you constantly think positively about it you're subconsciously without realizing gonna do a chain of events that are gonna lead you to that end goal whereas if you're being negative about it say for instance you want to save to get a hypothetical range rover right say you want to buy a new range if you're constantly saying to yourself oh, i'm never gonna get that range rover i don't even want no don't even know why i've said i want it because i'm never gonna get it you're not going to save any money for it. You're not going to be doing certain things that are going to maybe bring extra income to get it or, you know, you're not going to be cutting back. Whereas if you are positive about it and constantly saying, da, 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 you're then going to do the chain of events to make it happen. Like you can draw things into you. The more, if you approach things with a positive mindset, it goes back to like the same old, you know, that old thing of if you, if you smile at someone, they're going to smile back nine times out of 10. Approaching things, of, <laughs> well, this one was saying that you could get the odd person. Me back in the day, I'd have been like, "Fuck off!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one out of ten. <laughs> yeah, what are you smiling at me for? Um, but yeah, no, it's like, but yeah, if you if you approach things with a positive mindset, and also, no one's going to give you anything. You got to get it yourself. That's another big thing. Like, and nobody's like got a God-given right to get things. I think that was a big, big, big part of my problem was when I hit certain heights of success in my career um, and I was earning like good dough in that, I think 
with the drugs and that, I thought I had a God given right to be where I was. Like my ego was running wild. And I just, I assumed because I was making good money, that good money was only going to get, it was just going to keep coming, you know? So then you think, oh, fuck it. I'll spend this much on that, 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 that. That lifestyle yeah. feeds, feeds the ego. I was exactly the same in terms of where I was. I thought, you know what? I've got a good job. I've got a house, girlfriend at the time. But then all the drugs and everything just keeps feeding the ego until the point where it then pops and you are then left with nothing. With nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like that Ian Beale meme, isn't it? Mem or whatever they're called. You know, he's like, I've got nothing left. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good old Ian Beale. Oh, my God. Uh, but, yeah, it's so, yeah, I'm a big believer in the, like, the laws of attraction. And I think that if you read Good Vibes, Good Life, have you read that one? No, it's it's on my list. I've got a backlog of about 10 books I need to get through. So that, that's quite good because it's also focuses around that, but it's more about uh, like vibrations and energies and even like the foods we put in our body. Like I've become one of those people that like I look down my nose at people that eat, like eat McDonald's <laughs> just because just because I know how crap it makes me feel. I just think, how can you eat that? You know what, though, is another good point, because when you become sober and you become conscious, like a lot of people then become addicted to being healthy. Like it's the way that I've gone. It's the reason why I've done my nutrition exams, my fitness exams is because I now want to be the opposite of where I was. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I noticed. <laughs> so this is a chat. You bring up McDonald's this is a bit off key. But there was this lady walking across from McDonald's, which is opposite my gym. Um, and she was wearing gym clothing but she was huge and she had two bags of mcdonald's this was at half nine in the morning and she's wearing gym clothes like with two two bags full of double sausage egg mcmuffins and normally my old mindset would have been well, what what is she doing like she doesn't need to do that and the fact she's wearing gym clothing is fucking disgusting but my mindset was ah. Oh, like she must have a real problem. Like I, re- I would love to have a chat with her and see if I could help. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I know what you mean. And it's funny because I think sometimes as well, like that's another thing. Like everyone has their like their shit going on, but people just like comf- like f- fit get their fix in different things. You know what I mean? Like you know, you can, I mean, like some, in fact, do you know what? I'll speak about this actually, because this is something that very few people know. So for years I suffered with an eating disorder, like really, really bad. Um, I got picked on really badly when I was an apprentice hairdresser. Um, and yeah, I used to fucking make myself sick and used to have loads of issues with food because it was one of the few things I could control. Do you know what I mean? And like, it was kind of like if things were stressing me out and if once, you know, if I managed to control my weight and stuff, like it was like fucking, yeah, I was self dealing with it. It was really fucking weird, but your eyes when I said I was going to talk about that then, it's nothing bad. Um, no, no, no. Yeah. They're, they're my intrigued eyes. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So like, I can kind of relate to that. Like, and I think then obviously going back to all the shit that, I, you know, like they shoot my dad and, you know, like he can he can control things. Do you know what I mean? It's just it's a form of self harm, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? And then obviously that that then progressed more onto the drink, and then with the drink and the drugs, which was social to begin with, then it you know. Yeah. And that's and that's a really good point. So I found out 
when I went to rehab, we had to go to a different anonymous, well, it didn't have to be a different one, but they had lots of different anonymous groups at the Priory. So I went to Overeaters Anonymous uh, one day and I was like, this is like Weight Watchers on speed. Um, but it opened my eyes up to the fact that my addiction actually stemmed from when I was young. Um, yeah. And I over it. So I was, I was sometimes a, what they would have termed a purge. So you just eat to the point where you sort of like if it's sugary stuff you could just pass out <laughs> i mean yeah. i did that i did that a few times actually when i came out of rehab because that was my coping mechanism for not having anything else to fall back on well um, I, th- I think i think yeah i think they are com- they're definitely connected to the addiction side of things as well aren't they you know oh like, because... i was massively addicted to food food was my cocaine before i went to the pub definitely yeah it's it's crazy because like I don't really suffer with that anymore as much, but but then now I'm addicted to the gym. So like fucking, it's just, like it's it's not a bad like it's well it is a bad thing to be addicted to sometimes because I can feel like I'm like burnt out like if I do it too hard. But you need a proper personal yeah. training program. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, like rest yeah. is important. Like you can feel your body when you're tired, and you can feel when you're getting tired as well. So, yeah, of course. It's just but being it's just, able to take yourself away from it, I guess. Yeah, but it's just mad though, isn't it? You know, like the addict brain, it just 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 goes on to something else. It's obviously less destructive than that, but it's still there. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Because it, like, I start getting the itchy feet if I haven't been to the gym for t- two days in a row, and I'm like, fuck, you know, what am I doing? Shit, I need to go to gym. Need to go to gym. It's fuck. It's mental. And I've I've it's had mental. that. I've had that with uh, Instagram loads yeah 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 yeah. currently going through another cycle where i'm saying to myself stop being on it all the time because i've got a whole business that to to an extent like this is a great platform for me to speak to like-minded people but the whole business isn't run solely through instagram but instagram takes up six hours of my day at the moment (laughs) yeah it's it's mad though isn't it have you have you have you watched that new documentary that's on netflix about your phone and stuff no have you have you yeah, 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 it's scary, mate. It's so what, scary. what What? do they just try and explain it's, it? Because it's, this is interesting. It's about, basically, the algorithms and the the, the way that you, the apps monitor your interactions and, you know, people that you're friends with and, like, the chain, like, the, the chain. So it, it just basically feeds you in. And, like, Google, for example, like, like Google changes depending on what your where you are in the world or what you know what area you're in or what your usual search history is. It will give you different answers. We could be sat right next to each other, but if my interests are different on Google to what yours are, we could Google the same question. It'll give you a completely different answer or suggestion. It's fucking insane. <laughs> it's mental. Like it's it's literally made me kind of want to like get rid of my iPhone and like get get like a like a little burner phone <laughs> it's funny i'm, I'm gonna I'm trying to get a load of people over to bali and live like a new hedonistic lifestyle no phones no nothing just oh, fruit, fruit shakes and yoga and cats yeah <laughs> Yo, mate yoga has been like a godsend to me as well so i go to a kundalini yoga class Oh, what go, is, it, is that the is that the type of yoga or just the name? Yeah, can no kundalini. Yeah, so the yoga is kundalini. Oh right. Um, yeah, it's like proper spiritual. It's all about internal cleansing and like breath and stuff. 
Which um, the breath work's really good. I've so I've been lucky enough. One of the uh, girls, Moni, she is recovering addict as well, and she's taken me through her yoga because she's doing the yoga teacher training. Um, and the breath work she does is so good. I mean, I yeah. never knew about any of this stuff. Yeah, it's intense, man. Like. I d- some of my friends have said, oh, I'll have to come with you. And I'm like, nah, you'll think I'm mental if you come to this <laughs> with me. <laughs> like, there's a bit too much chanting and, uh, and like I say, like, fire a breath and stuff. But it's, you know what, it does it for you. It, it helps me. I walk home feeling like, oh, like I'm a piece of, like a bit of jelly. Do you know what I mean? Like, it just cleanses me. And I don't know, like, if, I think if you find something that works, you just do it, you know? Yeah, self-care is so important when you're sober because you've got to find other coping mechanisms that are healthy for you. And I think if you're doing meditation, if you're doing yoga, Pilates, or you're going to the gym through a proper program, not overdoing it, then they are the strongest things you can have for your sobriety. And for me, it's changed my life. Massively, massively. And I I think as well, like... I'm still in the early days of my sobriety, but I think, you know, you just, you got to stick with it. Even thankfully I've never had any moments where I thought, fuck it. I want to just have a drink, but I think you just got to stick with it and just, you know, keep doing the, the good, good things. And because you eventually it's true. They say your vibe attracts your tribe. Do you know what I mean? If you're throwing off good, positive energy and, you know, you're being a nice person, you know, you're going to attract nice people. You know, you're not going to be, you know, you're not going to be hanging around in, in kitchens up for three three days, you know. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but again, like, people don't seem, some people still don't seem to get it. Like, even though I was having loads of messages all through the fucking night, people asking me for numbers for drugs and, you know, sending me pictures and whatnot of people on the sesh, which just pissed me off. But at the end of the day, you know what? let them get on with it I'm, I'm i'm happy on my path do you know what i mean yeah and that's that whole thing of um yeah it's just you need to create your own destiny and other yeah. people are always going to potentially look at you and go like oh hang on he looks like he might be doing all right for himself in a happier place let's try and drag let's, him let's, let's try and fuck that up for him but, but people do it subconsciously i think i don't think they necessarily want to go out to be harmful but they sort of don't want to let go yeah true true i think as well it probably comes down to the fact that people people have like a lot of stuff they're unhappy with their behaviors and stuff do you know what i mean like you know it's probably just get a bit annoying i guess when you're fuck if you're still fucking your life up and someone that used to fuck your fuck their life up stopped messing you know stopped do you know what i mean but i don't know it's crazy though isn't it the way that the way that I don't know sometimes it's like people can get jealous do you know what I'm saying the thing is I'm very mindful of the fact that I try not worry about what other people might be thinking I just literally just have to focus on my own thing otherwise otherwise you get drawn your energy gets drawn into other people's potential and that's a headache yeah it's very true I think that's probably a trait that I had going back to like when I you know the addict side of me wanting everyone to like me do you know what I mean that's that's the same for all of us (laughs) I haven't met one addict and that's why I think actually Instagram is good but it's also bad because it feeds that 
at its knees yeah, yeah. for being liked, but then it also feeds that old ego. And then you sometimes get a mismatch of a person. Um, yeah. Because originally when I went on Instagram, my ego was going off on one. I was like, oh, like people are liking stuff I'm putting up. I'm yeah, going to put yeah. more stuff up and more stuff up. And then, you know what? I burnt out and now I'm just like, I'll do the things that I want to do because I want to do them and I'll post about them. Um, yeah it happens though doesn't it and again again it's like you go down that rabbit it's like going down a fucking rabbit hole didn't you do you know what i mean and then all of a sudden it's like you've been on your phone for like god knows how long you're analyzing everything like oh well uh, do you know what i mean it's just yeah you gotta be it's like with anything isn't it you kind of you gotta be really mindful especially when you've got that addictive personality and them tendencies you've got to be so mindful of of time that you're spending on certain things like that yeah massively um the amount of shuffle videos i've watched on instagram is insane i could lose a whole <laughs> day's worth of work if i get on a good <laughs> shuffle song mix i'm like oh. yeah so what's what's happening now then so you're six months in what's the plans for the future the plans for the future are i don't I don't know, like, it's going to sound stupid, but I don't really know at the minute. Obviously, like, I'm going to keep, keep with my sobriety. That's, that's the most important thing to me, first and foremost. Staying sober. The next goal is get a year. Um, you know, it's just probably just, I think we spoke about it before. We've spoke about, you know, like career goals and stuff. Personally, we have. Um, and that's, you know, just kind of focusing more on the work, on my work again and, it's a bit tough at the minute with, with, with the whole COVID situation because one aspect of my career is uh, session work, which is kind of non-existent at the minute. So, um, yeah, once that's kind of, once everything's a bit more normal in the world, I'll be focusing on that. But yeah, for me at the minute, the, the most important thing is staying sober, keeping and keeping happy. Do you know what I mean? Because, even though I'm sober and life is a lot better, it's a million times better, but I still have down days. I still have days where I can't be asked with people's shit. I think that's probably another thing as well. Like since I've stopped drinking and stuff, I can see through people's bullshit. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, you know, when I think when you're in active addiction, you, you kind of just put your head in the sand with a lot of things and you'll just agree with things, you know, cause you can't be asked with a headache cause you're on a bit of a come down or whatever. Yeah. Whereas now, now it's just like I can tell when someone's bullshitting me. I can tell, like, if someone is just being a dick, and I'm just like, you know what? I don't need that, mate. Like, I'm going this way. If you're not on my train, that's cool. But go your own way. Don't mess up what it's, I've got going on here. It's, yeah, it's. I've found that as well. Like, I've realised things, and I hadn't necessarily realised things until about two and a half years into my sobriety. But I'm always sort of becoming more conscious and more clear about past relationships and how they don't necessarily serve me anymore. And it's letting go of those past relationships so I can lead a happier and healthier life. So my head it's not, is, my head's not thinking about these things that never serve me anyway. It's not easy doing that either. That's quite, it's quite a hard thing because I'm in that period at the minute, you know, um, and it is quite, it's quite upsetting when you think like, I'm not really going to fucking see some certain people probably again. Do you know what I mean? And it and it is know. really difficult because it's that fear of loneliness, which is a thing for all blokes and females, to be fair, especially when you get sort of get over 30 because your friendship groups tend to fizzle out a bit with age anyway. 
Um, but yeah, that, that's true. I mean, it's funny because they're on about the you can't meet up in groups more than six. I'd be lucky if I could find six people I want to hang about <laughs> with, to be honest. But... And, and I'm happy with that now. Like my good mates are my really good mates and I'm, yeah, I'm happy with it. I don't have any headaches about anyone else now either. Yeah, no, and that that's the thing. I think, you know, it's just part of growing as a person and I'm a lot more... I'm a lot more at peace with a lot of things in my life now as well. Like that, that were causing me the, the shit in the past. You know, I think I can't change the past. I can't change tomorrow. I can only live in today. I can live in the present and I can work my, my own little recovery program that I've got for myself that I know keeps me in check. You know, I know. And the thing is as well, like all of my, close friends and family they know when my behavior changes my moods change do you know what i mean which is great because it then they're aware of not that it's gonna happen but they'd be aware of if anything was gonna happen do you know what i mean so like that's quite good for me as well that they they've got my best that they 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 probably always have had my best interest at heart but they've just do you know what i mean they're what they I think because I'm so open about it now, they're a lot more wired into what's going on in my brain. Yeah, and, and that's a really good thing to do because I think in in active recovery, like I think one of the struggles was with my parents, especially, is that I never really spoke to them about anything. Um, but then obviously with active recovery, like we sort of opened up and I spoke about how things were. Mum used to go to a family run thing at the priory where they could talk about how it was living with addicts and what to expect etc and i think having that open dialogue when you are in recovery is important because you can't then go back and close your mental health by not saying stuff to people um yeah yeah no completely completely and i think yeah i mean i i thought i was hiding things really well from my family to be honest with you but now they knew everything i was getting up to for years <laughs> so so all i've done is just admit it but um yeah you know like i can't i can't honestly thank my family enough for the amount they've supported me and at times you know like and my you know my cl really close friends as well and there's been a lot of times where people should have washed their hands of me do you know what i mean but they haven't thankfully and they've stuck with me and it's just you know if I can repay that to them by just being me, just being the person that they, they know I can be and just being there for if they ever need me or, you know, I can turn up, show up and just be a friend to them and a son and a grandson and nephew, then that's all that matters, you know? And it ain't, you know, I think that one thing that I've realised, like I've done some amazing things in my career, but, you know, this, this getting sober for hitting six months clean is way, way outweighs anything else that I've done, any celebrity I've worked with, anything. Do you know what I mean? This is this is it, you know, you know, I'm I'm finally becoming happy. I am happy, but I'm finally becoming into my own person. I'm on my own path. And it's crazy to think that crazy to think you take away the drink and the drugs, but you know, the drink leads to the drugs. But you take that out of the out of the equation and how much fucking happier life is, you know? Yeah, right. it's, it's, it's insane. It is actually insane. And I think I think people don't really realise it because I think obviously going through addiction is different to people who have that sort of self-control. Um, I will never understand that because I was just all or nothing. There's a lot of, us, there's a lot of us that were all or nothing. That's why we end up as addicts. Um, 
But when you become sober, like shit just starts happening. <laughs> like good yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's mad. It's, it's crazy, isn't it? Like, you know, for example, I'm not, I'm not by any means rich. Like, I'm not saying that, but I'm financially secure for the first time in years. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, not worrying about, like, paying my fucking phone bill because I've spent all my money out on the sesh or I owe people money or I've got this to pay and I ain't got the money. Like, I've, it's mad. Like, in six months, I've managed to turn my turn shit around so quickly and it's like, God, like, no, are you probably? I used to take the piss out of people that had their shit together. That's what I was like. I was like, oh, well, you know, my mates that were like, yeah, that's I'm not fucking getting shut up. You've got money, get a beer in. Come on, you can afford it. But like now, I'm watching every penny. I'm like, fucking hell. As if I was spending that, I got like, nah. The, my only weakness now is my trainers. Like, I love my footwear, don't I? But one addiction to another. <laughs> yeah, but you know. <laughs> Yeah, that's another conversation. Yeah, I'll, I'll run that in my next uh, Adidas Trainers Anonymous group. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's it's mad. Like you know, life is so much better, man. Like, and I'm so grateful, you know, for I don't know. I, I don't want to get all religious, but like, obviously, they speak in AA about higher power and stuff. The universe. I don't know. I'm not saying it was God, but I'm saying like the universe. Something something spiritually came to me and gave me a chance to change my life and i took it with both hands um my wake up call my rock bottom whatever you want to call it it's it's just saved my life man because i if i'm being brutally honest i'd have either killed myself or i'd have got or i would have been killed in the next two years i probably would have killed myself before but with this with the fucking shit i was getting myself into the fucking drug dealers i was pissing off like it was a matter of time before I really got in the shit. So, yeah. Well, that's Very... the beauty of sobriety, isn't it? Like, I think, yeah. I think speaking to a lot of people, we, we all sort of get to that sort of point where we're sort of suicidal after years of going out, getting into chaos and just having that final wake-up call. And I think it is a final wake-up call because it is almost like a spiritual awakening. Because yeah, suddenly, yeah, definitely. Where they, some people say the pain of... Um, doing like another drink or drug isn't is more painful than actually the motivation to completely change your life around and i think that's the point where people get some say it's a spiritual awakening others just say it's a lot easier just to completely change my life to something positive because it's so much more destructive carrying on that way um yeah and i, th- I think as i think as well it's very easy you know like in early sobriety to fall off the wagon and stuff because i think you don't you've got you need to give it some time to see the see the reap to reap the rewards do you know what i mean like you can't you can't just expect it after one week yeah and i i remember when i used to go to aa people used to say like oh it'll give you you know sobriety gives you a life behind your wildest dreams and obviously i'm there thinking in my head like all right so if i don't drink for a couple of months i'm gonna have a nice house and i'm gonna have all these material things eventually they will come but it gives you like I wake up in the morning. I've got no drama. I wake up like I don't have the anxiety and stuff. You know, I don't sit there like I've constantly. And I, you know, I, I used to fantasize about killing myself. Like I've got a tree in my garden. Like if I'd been out a weekend, like I used to sit there and think like today's the day I'm going to do it. That's how fucked up it got. Do you know what I'm saying? But now it's like, like I, I'm happy. Like I, I get up in the morning 
half eight latest every day. I have to take 10 minutes just to listen. I listen to like motivational videos on YouTube and stuff. And there's a Denzel Washington one. It sounds really cheesy me saying this, but I listen to that each morning when I wake up. And that just gives me, it's, it's a speech about falling forward. And it just gives me that clarity and makes me aware and just have a bit of minutes to take some, think of some gratitude and just think, you know what? Yeah, let's go. Let's do this. That's, that's a that's really good, good way to wake up though. Like setting your attention is a yoga thing as well. If you set an intention each day, that's how life should be. That's where you find fulfillment. But if you're doing it with a positive Denzel Washington, who's sober, by the way. <laughs> yes, he <laughs> even is. Better. He is, yeah. <laughs> 25 is, years yeah. sober. One of the best actors in the world. Well, there's a, do you, I'm sure you probably follow it. You know that page on Instagram, Sober Celebrities? Mate, there's some that come up and I'm Oof. like, I never knew that. But it's, it's great, like, it's not crazy when you think about it, but all these really successful people all have, you know, in common, they all stopped the, you know, the drink and the drugs and stuff. And I think that's, you know, that for me is inspiration because it's like fucking, they can go and win Oscars, do you know, and they've done that from stopping all the, the madness. Yeah. You know? I think it's a bit of a shame that they don't publicize it enough. They don't talk in depth as much as I think they should do because if there were more role models out there, there'd be it, less, be, less stigma would, around addiction. Yeah, it would it would break it break the stigma, wouldn't it? You know, it would it would just create more. Yeah, it would just uh, it wouldn't be as such of like uh, yeah, it would break the stigma. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what all this is about, just trying to break down those sort of societal norms of thinking that addicts are a waste of space and something you see shoving a needle well, the, up their but, arm. Well, this is the thing, though, because there's so many people that have issues, but because of... And I, I spoke about this in our last chat, you know, because society normalises things, do you know what I mean? People don't think they've got problems. People don't think their friends have problems because they because it's such a problem especially in this country with drugs and binge drinking and the binge culture going out on the sesh you know that people don't think there's an issue you got like if you can't just have one drink and you you know you have to have 10 and you know you've got a problem and you know don't be ashamed if, if you're and i know a lot of people have this where they think oh fucking hell do i need to calm down yeah if you're telling yourself you need to calm down probably maybe give it a, give it a break and see how you feel. Like don't, you know, put yourself first mentally as well, because what goes up must come down. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. it, it only ends one way, you know? And I think the old traditional, what people would assume was addictions changed. I think binge drinking is a different form of addiction. I'm a binge Massively. drinker. I was a binge drinker. Um, I never drank every day. I didn't really like drinking, but when I did drink, I just drank until I don't really remember. Um, oh, black, yeah, blackout drunk. Like, but this is the thing. If I went out and could remember my night, I could have had 10 pints. But if I could remember my night, I was sober in my head. Do you know yeah, what I mean? But that's that, where the leveller of the drugs kicked in for me. And then that's where the addiction for the drugs took over the uh, sort of alcohol addiction, I guess. Yeah, it's... it's, it's I think, there's, I think there's just, it's a society problem as well. I feel like everything's ready to be available as well. Like there's that, you know, like we've spoke about before, like with the drugs, you can get, you can pick up drugs quicker than you can get a beer in some pubs, you know, 
and it's all readily available. For, and the thing is, as well, like realistically, like I was thinking about this the other day. I was out in a bar and not too long ago, and I had this lad come up to me and he was like, Oh, mate, do you want to buy a gram? I thought, Mate, give over. Like, firstly, you look about 12. Secondly, if you're coming up to me in a bar, your stuff can't be that good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so it just makes you think as well, what are half these people taking? But, you know. Well, that's the thing. The stuff that we used to put in our bodies, we didn't really it's not, think. <laughs> it's not, no, it's not good for, I mean, look, I'm turning my nose up at people eating at McDonald's now. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> snob. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, God, I was probably putting rat poison up my nose at one point, but, you know, it's funny, funny what six months can do to a guy. <laughs> it's good though. Like, it's all about that transformation. It's all about the transformation and seeing that, you, you you see so much change in yourself in such a short period of time that that's what motivates you to keep on with your sobriety because then for you it's an exciting period because you don't know what's going to happen but you know you're in control and it's likely to be positive but this is it i think you know i think moving forward like anything's achievable really but i think for the time being i'm quite happy with just like just a quiet little life you know like at the minute i'm enjoying I'm enjoying finding out what it is I actually like to do. Do you know what I mean? I spent so long. And a lot of people get frustrated with that. But when they get sober, they think, I should know what I want to do. But uh, no, just chill out and do exactly what you're doing. Like, just enjoy sort of exploring and finding all these new things. Yeah, they, yeah. Like, and the only person I've got to answer to, really, is myself. You know, only I can tell myself if I don't like something. You know, the days of going along, getting swayed along, just, you know, because we're on a pub crawl, I don't want to go to this bar, but I'll go anyway. Like, they're gone. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think even, it's tough though, because he, like, I love football, but I went to watch the FA Cup final uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it was because I weren't drinking. In my head, it felt like we hadn't won. Do you know what I mean? Because obviously, if winning the FA Cup, being an Arsenal fan that I am, um, yeah. <laughs> no but winning the FA Cup like obviously normally I'd celebrate and get absolutely wasted but I just went home it was a re- bit of a weird anticlimax but again I think that comes back to finding things I actually enjoy maybe changing the settings of where I would watch the football and stuff do you know what I mean you know yeah, and, and that's the thing like I think you said earlier as well about when you start getting itchy feet you then yeah. go it's all about having your exit plan like you can't be overconfident thinking you're going to be alright because What's your favourite saying about hanging around the barbers? If you hang around the barbers, you're going to get a haircut. That's it, that's it, that, mate. If and you... that's the same. I, was, I had this conversation with another guy on Instagram today, actually. And it, I was just saying association is the number one thing they taught me in rehab. If you associate in the same places, the same people doing the same thing, you will become you could, oh, a yeah, you, of you, your you, environment. Yeah, you, you echo your environment. So if you're around all your mates, they're all getting off their head eventually even if you don't want to eventually you're gonna go oh, fuck it go on there you're gonna hit the fuck it burn you know so i think yeah like, and we've spoke about it before you know you can catch up with your friends but if you're not drinking after about an hour and a half two hours you've got nothing really left to speak about yeah and that's the thing like, once I mean? once you've caught up like there's no issue like you just go home if you're really good friends you just go home yeah yeah uh, exactly like all the old house parties realistically they're boring as fuck, aren't they? But after two well, hours, everyone just gets shit-faced and then you have a hangover for two days and everyone says, oh, what a good party. No, it wasn't. Two, it was day, rubbish. two, day, 
two-day hangover. God, you were lucky. <laughs> I'm talking when I was about 21. <laughs> My hangovers lasted forever. I was terrible. <laughs> but, that, you know, that... But yeah, that's the thing, and I think it's like when I've been seeing some of my friends now, and you know, and they've been having drinks and that. After like an hour and a half on board, like you know, you, you can drink non-alcoholic beer or whatever or soft drinks, but after you've had two or three, it's for a time to go home. Do you know what I mean? Like, because you're going to be pissing like a racehorse for the yeah. rest of the night. Yeah, it's true, and, it's, and um... also you get you get really hungry as well, like. <laughs> I didn't realise how much alcohol stopped your appetite. You know, when oh, you're really? drinking beer, because it, well, when you're drinking beer, yeah, because it just fills you up, doesn't it? But obviously, if you're not drinking, like, if you're not drinking booze, or maybe it's probably the other stuff I was on as well, but, like, yeah, I'm just sat there, I'm like, God, can we go now? Because I want to get some food. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice one. Uh, well, so we're coming up to the hour now, but as always, James, brilliant to talk to you. Well done on your six Thanks. months as well. Uh, Cheers, mate. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no worries. Um, and we'll catch up at some point soon. But that's it for another Sober Heroes podcast. And thank you again, James. Cheers, mate. Thank you.